Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts. Contact us for time and labor-saving solutions. Alltech, providing you proven specialty ingredients to maximize pig health, sustainability, and profitability. Novus International Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of piglet care. Like you, we know feeding pigs is a challenge. At Alltech, our proven specialty ingredients work to solve your toughest challenges. Whether it's combating mycotoxins, increasing feed efficiency, or just getting a few extra pigs per litter, Alltech's full line of trace minerals, enzymes, prebiotics, and other specialty ingredients are backed by science and real customer success. Start seeing maximized health, sustainability, and profitability in your pigs, and more free time for you by visiting alltech.com pig today. I'm your host, Clayton Chastain, and today we have with us Dr. Yan Hong Liu, a swine nutrition professor at UC Davis. So Dr. Liu, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do? Yeah, nice to meet you, Clayton. Uh, thank you so much uh, for hosting Swine Ed. And uh, first, I would like to thank uh, Eastman for sponsoring this podcast and inviting me as the guest speaker. Uh, I originally came from uh, central China, uh, Henan province, uh, one of the biggest swine production area in China. So uh, I grew up uh, at a small village and my parents uh, used to have a small orchard to grow apple trees and crops. Uh, but, but we also have uh, uh, some like uh, backyard pigs and chickens to help recycling our food waste uh, generated from our kitchen. Uh, but what really drove me to learn more about swine nutrition was my uh, former master advisor, Dr. Defali. Uh, he is really the pioneer in swine nutrition area in China. Uh, he's the one who actually uh, motivated me and also motivating lots of other young scientists in China, uh, further dedicating their time and effort into this uh, special area. Uh, so as you all know, uh, China is the biggest uh, pig producer uh, as well as the pork consumer. Uh, so knowing more about swine nutrition and how to promote uh, swine health and production uh, would definitely help us to get more uh, or enough animal proteins. So that's how I, you know, involved in and learn more in swine nutrition area. Awesome. So from what I was kind of reading online, some of your work seems to be focused on E. coli in the swine industry and using pigs as an animal model simply to study the mechanisms of E. coli. So could you give us some highlights and tell us a little bit, a little bit about what it is that your team does? Yeah. Uh, since I, uh, I joined UC Davis 2016, uh, my research program is mainly focused on uh, e. coli diarrhea, and we have tested uh, various nutritional interventions to promote uh, wind peak health and performance uh, using this E. coli challenge model. A uh, brief explanation on this disease challenge model. So we use uh, newlywed pigs and the individual housing system. So pigs are given uh, a short period adaptation to new housing environment and uh, new diets before inoculated with either F4 or F18 E. coli. Uh, after E. coli in, uh, in inoculation, so pigs will be 
monitored for another 14 to 21 days until they are fully recovered from E. coli infection. So we also adopt uh, extensive lab analysis uh, to make sure the infection model succeeds. Uh, for example, we perform uh, the genotyping analysis for prevailing pigs. Uh, pigs, uh, they are susceptible to F4 or F18 E. coli are selected and enrolled into the environment, uh, into the experiment. So we also swap uh, fecal samples to perform uh, fecal culture and or PCR to verify the presence or colonization of pathogenic E. coli in the small intestine uh, after the E. coli challenge. So we can also monitor how long pigs uh, could recover from E. coli diarrhea. So in combination with uh, performance data and other mechanistic analysis, we can extract lots of information from this disease challenge model on the tested products or nutrients. So the mechanistic analysis is extremely important uh, to understand the modes of action of uh, special supplements or nutrients uh, by targeting their intestinal integrity, immunity, or uh, microbiota changes uh, or the combinations in pigs. Gotcha. So the swine industry is, of course, no stranger to E. coli. Um, and there's, there's a lot of different like strategies out there uh, to kind of combat it. So have you done any um, research or work and kind of uh, looking at those different strategies to see how effective each of them are? Uh, yeah, so we have done lots of uh, uh, research project covering like uh, nutritional technologies, um, but uh, today I just want to give you uh, more general information, uh, not specific research findings. So we all know to treat E. coli diarrhea, so the industry relies on antibiotics, but uh, concerns related to antimicrobial resistance rising in public concern or public health. So therefore, research on alternative practices uh, that could have pigs smoothly go through uh, this post-winning period is urgent. Uh, another example um, is uh, pharmacological doses of zinc oxide. Um, it is another common practice to control post-winning diarrhea. So we all know the recommended dose of zinc uh, in the complete feed is around 100 ppm uh, to fulfill the requirement. But supplementing 2,000 to 3,000 ppm of zinc oxide significantly increase the excessive accumulation of zinc in the environment uh, and also in animal tissues. So the use of pharm pharmacological zinc oxide in nursery diets uh, has been banned in the EU since uh, last June. So June 2020, uh, June 2022, uh, and the future of high-dose uh, zinc oxide usage in the U.S. is uncertain. Uh, we also um, actually tested many other nutritional interventions. Um, we also know like uh, the use of low-protein diets, uh, highly digestible ingredients, uh, and organic acids and their derivatives have been applied to the commercial production systems. So that's why I want to highlight a little bit more for the organic acid-related products. So when we come to the organic acid, so the most used for post-winning diarrhea are formic acid, uh, lactic acid, and citric acid, as well as butyrate-related products. So in the case of structured fatty acid, their major function is to working as acidifier or feed preservatives. Uh, if we take uh, formic acid as an example, uh, it has robust efficacy to acidify the feed and stomach, uh, which contribute to the improved digestibility of proteins and also especially for the 
uh, post-winning pigs. So on the other hand, uh, butyrate uh, is another very attracting short-chain fatty acid, uh, has shown to strengthen gut barrier function, uh, speed up intestinal repair, and increase antimicrobial peptide production. It has very positive effects on the immune system and also intestinal microbial uh, balance. So therefore, supplementing uh, different sources of butyrate to wind pigs has attracted lots of research interest and attention uh, recently, especially on controlling E. coli diarrhea. Uh, butyrate can be supplemented as salt form, uh, which are easily absorbed in the stomach and the upper part of the small intestine. But remember, pathogenic E. coli colonize in the lower part of the small intestine. To improve the gut health and the integrity, butyrate must be delivered to the lower part of the small of the intestinal tract. So that's being said, the recommendation is to use some form, uh, Easter form of butyrate. So the major advantage of butyrate glyceride over the salt form is that they are delayed release of uh, re release sources of butyrate. So glyceride stay intact in the stomach and slowly release butyrate throughout the small intestine by the enzymatic digestion of lipase. So thus the released butyrate can target the entire intestine, including the lower part of the small intestine where pathogenic E. coli reside. Uh, so that's all the information I want to share today for the nutrition intervention and also the concern for antibiotics and high-dose zinc oxide. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. Heat stress can start at temps as low as 75 degrees. Combat heat stress with Chemtrace Chromium. Visit chemin.com forward slash swine heat stress today. Purina Animal Nutrition, where swine research becomes your return on investment. Life Start Swine, facilitated by Trow Nutrition. Distilled science and real-world advice for better on-farm decisions. A leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. Novus's products and services look at the whole animal, focusing on productivity and well-being, in order to feed the world affordable and wholesome food. For more information, visit Novus's website at www.novusint.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. So a couple questions I had. Um, so first off, in your opinion, when evaluating various strategies to address E. coli issues, what are some of the key parameters or goals that you think we should pay the most attention to? So gross performance, always the first one we should check. So, but besides uh, gross performance, uh, collecting data like uh, diarrhea instance and severity, uh, fecal E. coli shedding, uh, bacterial translocation to other tissues are also very critical. Uh, so in addition, other descriptive or mechanistic analysis are also very important. For example, like gut integrity analysis by measuring gut permeability, or the expression of tight junction proteins uh, and stress or inflammation biomarkers, such as the concentration of acute phase proteins or cytokines in plasma and uh, intestinal mucosa also very important. Awesome. And so for the audience, just to kind of help wrap things up, what would your um, kind of key takeaways or short summary of all this information be? 
so I would like to give three um, take uh, away message. So uh, first one, so we know E. coli induced post-winning diarrhea is still a big issue at the early stage of the swine production, uh, especially with the recent uh, re-emergence of F-18 E. coli in the U.S. Uh, second, uh, various feed additives and the combination of additives have very promising benefits on peak overall health and performance. So they can assist in enhancing gut barrier function and immunity and balancing intestinal microbiota diversity and also promoting overall health or wind peaks, even when peaks are risk conventionally. So last but not least, uh, combined strategies are recommended, uh, including nutritional interventions, uh, health technologies, uh, and farm management. So that's our message I want you to take away. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show and sharing all that with us. And to everyone else, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt podcast. Please visit us at swinenutritionblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we are constantly on the lookout for the latest updates in swine nutrition. And if you have a swine nutrition related research trial that you would be able to share on our podcast, please send an email to nutritionblackbelt at swineit.com and we would love to talk about your research. See you later.